die and dumb bits in die and bits gushing and bashing it's the other revolution that marx and engels did not see coming featuring kidai llb libaquera at lethargic nabayot and jumbits the forever patuirams and sweetheart ng bayan Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Die and Bits, Gushing or Bashing. Again, I am the Bits in the Die and Bits, the Pasweet and Patwitams ng Bayan, and I am here. I would like to introduce my partner, the Paris Hacendera Hilton of Digos Davao del Sur, no less. Kidai! Okay, okay. First and foremost, Hello. I would like to apologize to our fans, Kidai, because it took us two weeks before we make our second episode. It's just that mm-hmm. um, I was swamped with some work and duties to do, and I'm sure, Kidai, that you were also busy doing or watching your favorite uh, porn stars, our friends, who I'm sure uh, are now listening. <laughs> Rocco si Freddy and Manuel Ferrara. Um, and then secondly, um, I believe that our episode for, our second episode is extra special because we will talk about the five attention-grabbing and thought-provoking issues, intrigues, and gossips that have bombarded the first half of the year. So from January to June 2021, our birth month. You know that I just celebrated my birthday last June 11. So technically, I am Gemini. And Kidai, you just celebrated your birthday last June 22. So technically, you're a demon. No, I mean, <laughs> you're cancer, right? And you have the same birthday yeah. with the greatest living actress of our generation. Mary Louise mm-hmm. Meryl Street, right? Later on, we're going to talk about her scream and the big little lies. And I want you to imitate her scream, okay? Sure, so now, warming up. Kidai and I will give you two issues that we think are attention-grabbing, grabbing like us, and thought-provoking. And then later, we will tell the topic that we both choose. Okay, so Kidai, do you have anything to say to our avid listeners? Because I'm kind of pissed off. You have lots of fans. Like, they are asking really? my own friends. They want for your fan. They, they, they are asking me for your fan sign. And I tell them, first of all, real. I'm afraid that they're inquiring about me. Okay. Our voices are overlapping. Anyway, thank you. But anyway, I'm also scared about people inquiring about me because maybe that their intention is for, is for to is for them to cancel me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, actually, a lot of them are asking, and is that one to, thing, you want to cancel her? One thing this, I have to retire that 
Paris Hilton of Degas bit because you know why? Why? I have already awarded all of my properties to left-leaning muscular peasants. So I don't have any properties anymore. I also don't have a sex video. But okay. I, I just heard from the grapevine that you have a sex video. And it's going to be released <laughs> soon, like later tonight. At 11 the question on the grapevine bit. Digos doesn't have any grapes. <laughs> <laughs> So how are you, Kida? We import you? we import our grapes. <laughs> how are you? There are no grapes and there are no vines. No grapes and no vines. Yeah, you know what? I'm kind yes. of pissed off. As I said earlier, I'm kind of pissed off because all of my yeah. friends, you're asking me, who is that Kidai? She's so funny. We want her fans. Uh -huh. So I tell them, Kidai is not real. She is Illuminati. She's just a <laughs> anyway, <laughs> before I, I become a myth and an, an, an illustratory being, don't you think it's about time that we launch into our topics? Yeah, of course. Actually, I'm kind of excited to give our avid listeners the top five attention-grabbing and thought-provoking issues, intrigues, and gossips. Okay, okay, so can we start now? Without yes, ado, yes, yes. And in no particular order, I'm gonna give you my first issue. Okay, a bit of a digression. Sure. We need sponsors. We don't have sound editors, we don't have producers, we don't have sound engineers. So I'm calling KFC, Jollibee, Moderna, Pfizer, BOT, and even Gabriela to give us coins. For this podcast to be more polished. Yes. Well, but we need the producer because I'm also the one producing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also so. the one clicking this and that. So anyway, why am I saying this? Why? Because to introduce my topic and to generate suspense, I have to do my own drum roll. Here it goes. <laughs> Can you hear that? My topic is Butter by BTS. Wow. It's not you think. I'm not going to find girl like last time. Okay. Right now, as we speak, is number one in the Billboard charts for five weeks consecutively. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's happy. The army is happy. This baby army is happy. But including you, somebody you're happy. Will, yeah, I'm a baby army. <laughs> but wow. somebody will always crash the party now. Okay, somebody by the name of Tom Brehan. And who is Tom Brehan? Tom Brehan is has a very unique and interesting job, actually. He has a, he is a he is a music charts analyst okay, for stereo gum and a movie critic of past blockbusters like for Rotten Tomatoes like he writes reviews for past block, block, blockbusters like Love Story, E.T., Titanic and explaining them explaining their appeal to you know modern audiences yeah and explaining why they became hits but that's another reason why he's here this Mr. Bayham the very reason why he's here is because of his other job 
as a charts analyst. Because right after Butter became number one, he wrote this article for Stereo Gong. And the title is, BTS and their fan army are rendering the pop charts useless. Oh. Okay. Okay. And let me quote a paragraph from that article or essay to provide more context. He says, and I quote, look, it doesn't ultimately matter how many times BDS get to number one in America. The group has already proven to be hugely important to the history of pop music. And it'll likely be years before we see how the ripple effects of their popularity have changed the world. But it's frustrating to see a phenomenon like this inflating the stats, obliterating any sense of accuracy in how we keep these records. I'm writing both a column and a book about number one singles. So I have a vested professional interest in these charts not getting completely fucked up. But even as a fan, a passive observer, it's not a fun thing to watch. Organic popularity, once the driving force behind pop music, barely feels like it exists anymore. Instead, the pop charts are turning into a battlefield for warring stand armies and goat. Wow. With citation. What is that citation? Chicago Man. What say you? <laughs> well, you know what, ma'am? DPA. You know what, ma'am? What I like about Butter is the music video. I like the music video because it has lots, because Gene has so much exposure in the video. That's why I like the video. Yeah. Now, now I have some more vocal parts than yes. the previous ones. Yes, than Dynamite. Man, because I, 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 I can't see him in Dynamite. Like, it's, I think it's RM's video. Dynamite is RM's video. I hope the army won't cancel me for this, but Dynamite is, yeah, to me, it's RM's but video. But, sure. I want you to think about the last sentence. Okay. And, Well, further elucidate on it, whether it's credible or not, whether it has resonance or not. Okay, let me just repeat the last sentence. Organic popularity, once the driving force behind pop music, barely feels like it exists anymore. Instead, the pop charts are turning into a battlefield for warring stand armies. What can you say about it? Ma'am, in all fairness to the BTS members, they are also talented. So to me, it's not just mm. about the armies or the stands or the fans. Well, partly, it's also because of them. But we also need to acknowledge BTS's talent. I mean, the BTS members' talents, right? How about you? What can you say okay. about the last sentence? This organic popularity that he, that he is talking about. I'm really thinking about it. What does he mean by this? There is so, there's so much to be unpacked. So, it's, that so it should refer to do you think that he's just referring to new acts that gain popularity because of their pop hits? Like for instance Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. 
yeah. her first album, which became a chart chart topper. Or say years back, decades back, Carol King's Tapes Tapestry, her very first album. Now, if we are to approve of this paradise of his, okay, the organic popularity thing, that it should be the only one that should be acknowledged. How do we do that? Do we profile the, the subscribers, the buyers of the products? I think this idea of organic popularity is also illusory. Yes, yes. How do you establish Okay. Agree, agree. And furthermore, ma'am, because you are a culture studies teacher, this is also quite wrong-headed and a little bit disingenuous because, okay, pop music, the pop in pop music means popular. Yeah. We're talking about sales here. And BTS is not aspiring to be the Indigo Girls, the Bob Dylan. All this pop culture sphere. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay. So that's it. And also, why is he aiming at fans? The history of pop music has always been made alive by fans. Let's talk about Beatlemania. Okay. The Lambs of Mariah Carey, the Little Monsters of Lady Gaga. Who else? Who else do you know? The Swifties. The Swifties. And you're and, one of them. And the Noranians. Remember? Yes. The Noranians, including you. This, uh, this industry, let's just accept it. This industry is fan-generated. Yes, yes, definitely. Without fans, what is pop culture? It's just culture. Or subculture, don't you think? Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. That, that's why the last sentence is kind of simplistic and reductive because there's so much to be unpacked no, from, from that. Okay, sentence. right. And you can all, almost accuse him of xenophobia, mm. right? Because did he rant about it when the white artists stopped the charts? Yes, and I, I really don't get it. It's like saying that BTS, no, the BT, BTS as a group, no, they like as it's as if the members of BTS don't have talent. Of course not. They are yeah. talented. They are talented. They are talented. That's why they are popular. Do you agree with me? Right. Hey, you, well, of course, but then. When you say organic, how can you possibly discredit okay, eight or nine years of hard work? Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. Ma'am, I have a question and, for you. I have a question before you sure. proceed to your next sentence. But what is his operational definition of organic? Did he mention his definition of organic? Oh. Ah. Uh, I couldn't quite remember what uh, he said about it, how he qualified it. But then, from my understanding, when you say organic, it grew naturally. Yeah, right? it's that's why earlier. That's why earlier I mentioned Alanis Morris's first album and Carol King's first album. So these two cases might be 
the ones that are under his organic umbrella because they were new to the industry and they became popular out of their first productions. Okay. 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 But is that bashing the vet- veterans too when you say uh, people should just enjoy billboard popularity because of organic popularity? I'm not How sure. How about the likes of Taylor Swift's and the Lady Gaga's? Yes. Every time they're... Every time they're Their, their new album comes out and it becomes number one. It's already inorganic because they already have a fan base. Yes, yes. Yeah. But that's why it's a head scratcher. And ma'am. Sure. I know that I know that you're in, into HBO Go right now and of you have course. quite neglected. And I'm persuading you to subscribe because I know that you yeah. will enjoy HBO Go. Yeah. I will if somebody will give me a free subscription. But anyway, ma'am, the reason that why I regret why you have uh, neglected Netflix for a while is because they have this very interesting docu series called This Is Pop. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Highlighting. Isn't that is it uh, a series or a film? Like it's a docu- it's a series. Oh, okay. It has, I think, seven episodes right okay. now, and uh, the focus of each episode is about a particular hit maker or a particular pop culture zeitgeist. Okay, okay. and th- and then I-, I have to return to this quiz guy because he might he might not have seen it, you know, because Ma'am, there's this one episode. Netflix subscription, so <laughs> Mom. This might interest you too. Okay. Because do you know that all of the hits, current hits, starting from the 90s, were not written in, the, in America or in the USA, but in Sweden? Wow. Wow. Two things that you should know. Two names. Dennis Pop and Max Martin. They are responsible for the hits of... You will be boggled by the names. Britney Spears, maybe one more time. Oh my God. The original title is Baby Hit Me One More Time, but oh it God. might sound offensive. That's Free why they reduce it to Baby One More Time. Yeah. Backstreet Boys. Wow. Pink. Wow, I love Pink. And currently, Ariana Grande. Oh God. And there are those I still have failed to mention. My memory fails me. So these two guys from Sweden, Dennis Pop, who died, and Max Martin, who's doing the hits right now. What I'm saying is this, in relation to BTS, because butter is not a product, it's not a composition written by Korean songwriters. No. They also Did imported, it? they also imported uh, hit makers from England, I believe. Okay. So, uh, so uh, going back to the quiz guy, I'm sure that everybody knows that all of these artists are scrambling for a number one hit. And there might be a formula to it. So this organic thing, this organic popularity, this becoming number one, is not just about the popularity of the group, but might also be a, a formula made by seasoned Pop hit makers. Yes, definitely. That's my thesis. Definitely. definitely. 
Definitely. But and I, yeah, sure. Again, last thing, I just hit his non-existent purism. Pop culture is not pure. <laughs> it's compromised. It's complicated. And we cannot fantasize for a for an organic, uh, an organic people to just buy the most sensational, the newest hot product. There will always be this stands, the armies, the fans. Yes. Okay, who are the motor to this industry? But there, I, I, have I rest question. my case. I have a question because sure. I read somewhere that uh, the song "Dynamite" is originally for Maroon Five. Is that right? What I know is that these are also written. That this song is also written by those English pop hit makers. Oh. In fact, the original lyrics are so British inflected, where references are concerned, that they have to change the lyrics so that the BTS members can have access to it. And from being English inflected, it became American, Americanized, like. References to LeBron, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm. Yeah. So there, our first topic is about butter. Yeah. Now I feel hungry. I want some butter. Although earlier I cooked vegan truffle cream pasta with shiitake mushroom. And now you're oh, eating. Mom. What are you eating? That pancit, mom. The oh, regular wow. pancit. So Here, look. That's the, you know. the thing that you don't eat anymore because it has pork. Yeah, it has pork. And I don't eat too much carb. You know why? No. I'm on a keto diet. But anyway, let's go to my topic, to our sure. second topic for tonight. Okay? Um, mm-hmm. Second topic, I'm going to spell it. Gumroll! Because we don't have any sound engineers. <laughs> yes. So the second topic, I'm going to spell it out first before my other topic. Because okay, I want sure. the feel of this episode to become more festive and jolly. And I don't want to wallow anymore. Hey! Because if I don't wallow, tayo, so I'm going to place it. Hey. That's not wallow. Okay, yeah. no. I'm going to place it uh, in our second spot. Well, the topic has something to do with death. Oh, the year 2021 started with mm-hmm. a death. It was a bad. Mm-hmm. It was a controversial death mm-hmm. that involved mm-hmm. a friend, no, Aika Desera. You know the story, Kidai. So I won't go into details yeah. anymore, but perhaps yeah, later, yeah. we can talk about it. Especially that sure. some of her cohorts uh, became controversial a few days ago when they posted on their Instagram story that they will support Panelo for senator. So later on, we're going to talk about Yes. That. And then I guess sure. that was followed by Lumad and activist Beth, right? Some were red tagged mm-hmm. and some were killed extrajudicially. And then recently, showbiz reporter Ricky Lowe I know that you sometimes read Ricky Law's articles, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the comedian, a bad speaker and a social writer. Yeah, <laughs> rest in peace, a social writer. And then the comedian, well, comedian Shalala. 
I don't know if you're familiar okay. with Jalala. Right? I just learned about his death. And I read funny memes about him. Yes, and of course, a former president, Benigno yeah. Noynoy Aquino III, have also passed on. So the three of them okay. no, have passed on. So mm-hmm. it was a sad year, again, just like in 2020, because many of the people we know, no, have you know, passed on. So my yes. first topic for tonight is about death. But I don't want to wallow. That's why I placed it um, in my in, I, I placed it first no, in my list. No, because I don't want to mm-hmm. wallow. Because I want this um, episode to become festive no, and jolly. So, inuna ko na siya. So what can you say? Jollibee that? sponsored. Jollibee sponsored. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. It was a year according to Joan Didion, the year of magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was a sad year to die. Sad year. But life, as what BTS has said, life must go on. Yeah. Life goes on. Right? Yeah. Do you have anything in mind? I hate waking up and seeing an obituary and it happens every day now and yeah it might have happened yeah but with the context of covid it becomes more apocalyptic yes mom and every right? day, and every time i scroll down every time i browse my facebook or twitter there are lots of obituaries and i hate it I never imagined myself waking up and reading so many posts about death. Right? Yeah. And, and you know people are now jeering at death, ma'am. Sadly. Crassly. I know. Like when Pinoy died, my God. Some people are blatantly celebrating. Yes. Ma'am, I'm not a fan of Pinoy. I think Pinoy was a disappointment. Ma'am, so am was, I. Yeah, he was a disappointment. So, so am I. Right? Like, he didn't do anything when he was the uh-huh. president of the Philippines. But I really think, no, same with Duterte, I really believe no, that they both tried to help the country. However, they were both corrupted but they're, by their inner demons. What are those inner demons? And by their minions. To talk about it. By their yes, minions by their too. Minions. Yeah. Of course, of course. I know, I know. By their minions. And I would like to take this opportunity since we're talking about that. That I just finished watching Big Little Lies and Chernobyl on okay. <laughs> Because somebody that, died in that one. Yes. Because somebody Big Little sexy. Lies... Somebody that you can kill our feminism for. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I, you know what? I spent at least an hour after watching the first season of Big Little Lies that in my next life, I mean, tabi-tabi po sa mga feminista, ha? Dili ko i-cancel. Mom, I'm looking, I'm looking for sponsorship from Gabriela and what are you doing? Okay. I'll just get You're the <laughs> I'll keep the hot shot. I don't want to be bashed. I don't want to be canceled. Gabriela, he doesn't have his meds. Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. Okay. So, 
Okay, I, I won't talk anymore. I won't talk anymore. But to all our avid listeners, you should watch Big Little Lies. No, because all of the girls in there, they're so good. No, they're ma, so ma. good. Yeah, sure. I'm going to talk about the thing that I'm actually refraining you from talking about. There's a little happening in Twitter. You know all that I really like Stephanie Sacharek, Sacharek, right? Even I love if I can't pronounce her. Yes, Stephanie Sacharek. Stephanie Sacharek. Yeah. I like her, although she, she didn't was like a young lady. That's why I... she was smith and pissed off. Why? Because okay, just like I, like I was stopping you to think I'm not that politically correct. She's pissed off at this particular culture in which appreciating sexual charisma is now considered offensive. <laughs> like what you were supposed to be doing. And I, I just stopped you. <laughs> Mom, you know and what? I'm with her on that one. Mom, really? I'm with her on that one. Film is a visual medium. We appreciate the bodies and the faces. Right? Those are the two things that get to us right away before we become more discursive and talk about the formal and thematic elements, right? Oh, wait, ma'am. Wait, ma'am. I, I didn't get you. What did Stephanie Zakarek say? She was mad that people, feminists included, lambasted her for talking about the sexual appeal of the performers. And I oh, think the okay. review in, in particular is about Wonder Woman when she talks or writes at length of Gil Gadot's sexual charms instead of her, of her, of her acting skills. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Well, actually, I kind of agree with her. I kind of agree with her. Yeah. Yeah, it, because it's because celebration of feminism, of femininity, right? Yeah, ma'am. Like, J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez before Hustlers. We should give we all, a Oscar-worthy performance. Right? We yeah, both love Hustlers. Right. Wait, but do you think that J-Lo deserved to be nominated in Oscars? She deserved to win. She did, right? That's why I hate She was actor. my best supporting actress. That's why I tweeted, right? The system is broken when she was not nominated. Yeah. I still have not deleted that tweet. Anyway, yes. but before Hustlers, we didn't actually like J-Lo for her acting skills. We just like her charisma, her sexual, even if her gays. We just yes. like her blatant sexual uh, charisma. On I screen. hated her in Anaconda. Not to mention the mm. thing that she did. But, there's, but there's, no, there, there's no denying that she's sexy. Yes, and so right? are you. And so are you. <laughs> <laughs> no, mom. No. What? Mom, mom, we become classical. Your topic is now Eros Thanatos, death and desire. <laughs> I know. Eros Thanatos, Kubao, right? I'm so proud of our education. But you know what? You know what? Click. <laughs> all along, all along, all along, I thought um, Stephanie Zakarek no, is a conservative woman, not critic. No, because uh, she hated Joker and then she hated Promising Young Lady. But after what you said about her, about her belief in a uh, female gaze. Now I want to call it female gaze, right? Because she's a female, yeah. right? I, I agree with her. I agree with her. 
that there's nothing wrong. No? Whenever you find someone attractive on screen, even though that someone is sadly... Um, I, I don't want to mention it because I don't want to be to, to get cancelled. So I'll leave it to our audience. Mm-hmm. Just watch Big Little yeah. and then tell us. And again, let's, let's both agree that film or since we mentioned BDS, okay, let's music see. videos, they're visual medium. And what, 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 what do we see first? Their faces and their bodies. Yes. Ma'am, I have um, a suggestion for our next episode or for our future episode. We need what? to update our favorite porn stars. Mm, sure. So that we can get an ad in something like Adult Video News or ABN.com. True. I don't well, mind if this could... will be promoted as a if this is going to be promoted as a porn podcast. <laughs> it could be it could be one of our future episodes. It could be one of our yeah. future episodes. And Especially now that because of your plant-based diet, your skin is glowing. Really? The next porn star, bits. <laughs> I hope our listeners can see what I just did. Yeah. Anyway, anyway Kidai, bring it on. Sure. What's your next topic? My next topic is something that I have deliberated for a long time. Because during our prep, I mentioned that I was to talk, I was I was supposed to talk about a particular movie yeah. that we both don't like. But if I have to do that, I have to rewatch it. And rewatching it sounds uh, feels like an ordeal. So I dropped it. But can you give us the title of that film? I'm actually clueless. Th- that, that might be a, a topic for another episode. If I will have the guts and the energy to watch it again. Because I'm pretty sure you will also have a lot of things to say about it. I'm not sure. Anyway, let's just stop it for okay, the moment. Okay. Before we give the before you proceed to your next statement, can you tell us who the director of that film is? Uh, let's just say that she's a dear friend of somebody who is in trouble right now because of sexual harassment. Hmm. Intrigue, girl. I don't know. Like we might not be actually revolutionary, like Engels or Marx, but we are malicious. You are malicious. <laughs> you are malicious. Can you name names? Can you name draw? Uh, ma'am, you know it. But it's supposed to be girl, I, oh, oh, right? I don't know. But I don't want. I'm going to talk about. I'll it. just keep my mouth shut. I'll just keep my mouth shut. Okay. I, I don't want enemies. Because okay. Oh, here. I'm looking at my notes and ma'am, sure. my next topic is something that we both share. Today is, is the 1st of July, right? Yes. And yesterday was the 31st of June, yes. which was Pride Month. Of course. Happy Pride. So ma'am, it's July 1, a day after the last day of the Pride Month. 
My topic is a question for both you and I. Are we proud? Proud. Okay. Specifically, what are the gay things, the queer things that have shaped us throughout all these years? From your First of all, adolescence, childhood, childhood to your quote-unquote maturity. Kidai, <laughs> first of all, I'm not gay. So, this is a topic of reminiscence. Kidai, first of all, I'm not the gay. The pop culture, queer things that shaped us. Kidai, I'm not gay. I'm a woman. I'm a girl. Boyish lang ako man man. Really? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Well, that's so. In this episode, one is stuck in the closet. The other one ran away from the closet, and the no. one who is stuck in the closet is die. Actually, that's, that's an interesting topic. That's an interesting topic. That's a very interesting topic. So let me ask you first: When did you learn that you're gay? Okay, from the lens of pop culture, right? Sure, ma. Through it, bulaga, and they were always. I remember they always had this dance contest. Why? What that opened that? the show. You found Jimmy Santos. Okay. No, but oh. Jim, uh, I was in the eighties, and Jimmy Santos was still not a host then. Ah, oh, okay. It was still Connie Reyes, and ma'am, they usually open it bulaga after their theme music with the dance pop. With the dance music, mm-hmm. and to start it off, they always had dance troops from recording companies like Octo Arts and Weya, and the male dancers, while they're waiting, always open their mouth wildly while dancing, and I said, "There's something wrong about these male dancers." Later on, I realized. That the wide opening mouths, that mouthly flamboyance is to be nayot. Of course, I was justified with my realization. I I cannot mention the names right now. Memory is foggy. Those that male dancers were really, 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 really gay because the dancers back then, okay, were so different from the dancers like now. There was uh, hip hop was still not popular in the Philippines. Okay, the moves okay were gender neutral. Yes. So to summarize, my acknowledgement of my gayness was because of these dance groups from uh, recording companies in the eighties. Wow. Do you still remember the name of that dance group? Not anymore. I can't. You can't remember anymore. But okay. I, 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 I know the, I know the names of their dance groups because they were named after the recording companies. They were the oh. arts dancers, the yes, way yeah. dancers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna share mine, and you know what? It's when I imitated how Donna Cruz danced kapag tumibok ang puso. 
<laughs> because I remember there was an episode of a Sunday variety show in GMA7 and then Don, Donna Cruz was dancing kapag tumibok ang puso. And then I put a chair okay. in front of the television and then I danced there like kapag tumibok ang puso. And you know what? <laughs> my dad, my father, entered the door and he saw me dancing to the tune of kapag tumibok ang puso. And from then on, I realized I must be something. I must be different. And that that something didn't have a name then. I know. <laughs> Or and, you feared naming and, it. And, you know what? Um, I had an affirmation when I watched, I, I believe it was in 1996, when I watched the film Nang Iniwan Mo Ako, produced by... Viva Films and directed by Jose Javier Reyes. It was starred I by Sharon Pineda. I think that Pineta. movie is the reason why you become a why you became a foodie. Yeah, because Sharon right? Pineda was a caterer in suspicion. that film. Yes, and I, I have the suspicion that's why you like food a lot yes, because oh. that character, Sharon's character, became a caterer, I really, a really food caterer to mm. placate her what misery. <laughs> Yeah, but and I really your heart, really heartbreak. Like, yeah, Matthew Mendoza in that film, right? Yeah, the ideal bestiesa type. True, he was yummy in that film. Yeah, I remember him. Ma'am, what? Ma'am, I'm gonna t- uh, tell you something about internalized homophobia from the 80s pop culture thing. Together. Okay, the first. One for right or wrong reasons, history will tell. The first one to actually show off queer flamboyance to Philippine pop culture was Dolphy, right? With her yes. cross dressing characters like Pacifica, Palaypay. And The baton was supposed to be passed on to Roderick Paulate. Paulate. Yeah, Petrang Caballo. Okay. And Roderick Paulate also did Charot, Bala, and, and Lipstick. And Lipstick and Bala. Okay, but there's bala. something that people might have for... Bala at Lipstick. Yeah, Bala at Lipstick. Not okay. Baril. But there's bala. something... <laughs> Mom! <laughs> We should talk about that. I could not quite. I, I could. I could not quite imagine. Roderick, uh, Paulate, Miss, okay. Being a being lot of daughter look alike. But anyway, here's a fact that might have been forgotten by people. Okay, when Vilma Santos did her television variety show, it was called VIP. Yes. Acronym for. Vilma in person. Yeah. And her co-host was Roderick Paulate. During yeah. the first few episodes, she was Roderick Paulate since he has not come out and might not my might not come out was introduced as Roda, ma'am. Oh. Playing up to the cross-dressing, screaming queen persona that good for her. She has per- 
he has perfected. No, I'm confused about my pronouns. And that, I think, and you should agree, that that is kind of gay shaming, right? Mm-mm. Yes. I, uh, he insisted in, I think, the fourth or fifth episode that he won't be called Rhonda anymore. Mm-mm. Even if it's gay, let's just assume that he's straight. It's just a persona. It's not him. So the fear of being identified as gay or as queer way back then was so scary that even Roderick Paulate, who was famous, who was famous for playing gay characters, couldn't possibly assume that persona on national TV. Yes, because of so, internalized homophobia. Yeah, or just homophobia. If yes. we assume that Roder- Mr. Roderick Paulata is not actually gay. Well, he's a good person. He's a good person. I, I, I yeah. had the chance to interview him when I was still working in abs He's a good person. Mm-hmm. And that matters, right? Yes. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think yeah. he died. But... It also matters that, you know, our appreciation for somebody's kind personality, okay, will not blind us from the fact that there's a myopia in his political vision that has somehow hampered our understanding or empathy for others. Yes, definitely. Yeah, you might be right. Roderick Paulate is a really kind person, but that move of his was kind of dangerous. And right? Like to me, as a young gay person, okay, as a young gay person, that somehow made me more ashamed of myself. Yes, yes, yes. You have a point there. You have a point there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ma'am, I have a question. Okay. Since we're talking about gayness, we're talking about queer identities. Right now, give me your top two crushes, celebrity crushes. Oh. Ma'am. Okay. Uh, we, talk about BTS. we talk about BTS, right? Yeah, no. Let, so we also um, talked BT- we also talked about BTS in the first episode. And I told you. I told the listeners that V is the better at the B. Yeah. Now let me say, let me rephrase that in the light of the billboard thing. At the V of BTS is the butter. B. Let I'm me, ir- ir- right now. <laughs> let me rephrase the question. Let me rephrase the question. Who are your top two Filipino celebrity crushes? Oh. Oh. Yeah. I want to give Butter V a Philippine citizenship for that question. <laughs> Okay, your question. Nobody comes to mind right now, actually. 
Don't tell me. But don't I used to have big crushes on these two. Joel Torre and Ronaldo Valdez back when I was still in my <laughs> teens and 20s. <laughs> my God. I'm afraid of Ronaldo Valdez because I remember him as a rapist in Ipaglaban Mo the Movie with Charmaine. Yeah. Right? But, Mom, Sylvia Plath once wrote, Everybody loves a fascist and possibly a rapist. <laughs> Mommy, don't like Erwan Yusa. Oh. You're resuscitating people that I have already buried. <laughs> right? And mom, Donnie Pangilinan. Mm-hmm. And mom, don't you forget Richie. Right? There's something about people with balls. Yeah? Because Richie oh. Rivero plays basketball so yeah, well. No, I'm, not, I'm not referring to Richie Rivero. I'm referring to Richie DeHorsey. Mom, our nonsense can no longer be absolved. Move on to the topic of your choice. Okay. Your second topic. Yes. My next topic. Okay, ma'am. My next topic. So we had Butter by BTS. We also had Beth. No? We also had um, uh, Gayness no? since we just celebrated the Pride Month. Okay, my next topic has something to do with drum roll, please. Because we don't have any sound engineers. I know, sound right? guys. Okay. <laughs> Sponsors, so Gabriela. So my next topic has something to do with anniversaries. Oh. Anniversaries. <clears throat> because I really find it interesting that 2021 is the year of many anniversaries. First, we just like? celebrated the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines, right? We were colonized. Oh. I mean, Christianity oh was brought here in 1521, right? That's why in many pop culture, no, and I mean, in many forms of pop culture, there is uh, the celebration no, of the 500 years of Christianity, right? And then second, mm-hmm. it was Joni Mitchell's Blue Album's 50th anniversary. Yes. My God, I know that you are the Paris Hilton of Bigos, but... Do you love Joni? The former, ma'am. The Add former, the former. The former pa- Paris Hilton of Bigos. But I'm now st- Sister Stella L. Sister Stella L. But Sister you Stella L. Ami. Because it, her album, Blue, was released in 1971. And I was just listening to her album a few days ago. And my God, mm. the Blue song moved me to tears. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's so she was a game changer, right? Yes. I mean, I love Joni Mitchell. I love Juice Newton. I also love Janis Joplin. But Joni Mitchell is someone. She's something. Mm. Oh. An alchemist. Yeah. A musical yes. alchemist. Yes. By the way, the film adaptation. I'm not refer- yes. referencing Paulo Coelho, by the way, whom I do not read. Okay. Now, so aside from the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines and the 50th year anniversary of um, Joni Mitchell's album Blue. Thirdly, it was also 
ito Mama Tambien's 20th anniversary. Can you imagine that? Yes. It's one of yes. Alfonso Cuaron's best films. And I yes. always imagine Yuki Dai being Maribel Berdu. Hmm. I don't aspire that much. I'm just like Maria Isabel Lopez of Isla fame. No, I want you to be Maria Isabel Lopez in Kinatay. <laughs> you want me dead, ma'am? What kind of a co-host are you? I'm kidding. I want you to be like Maria Isabel Lopez in Silip. That's a very good film. Mm. Because you're a voyeur. I know, penned okay. by the great Wikileaks. <laughs> diba? It was like the antithesis of Himala and then it was directed yeah, the by the version. The Lurid version. Perez. You know what? I have yeah. an anecdote about Elwood Perez. I attended... Sure, go. The 70th... Pray tell. I attended the 70th birthday of Derekil Cortez. So he had an intimate celebration in one of the restaurants in Quezon City Circle. So he invited me because I was his assistant. Like, I, I was his assistant. They were good friends. Yes. And Derekil invited um, Joel Lamangan because Joel Lamangan is... I mean, was his, he's his, was his best friend. He also invited um, Elwood Paris. And then Elwood Paris arrived late. He arrived late. And then, homa nami makaon. No? We're done eating. Mom, our- isn't that their thing? Isn't what? that their thing? Uh, being late. Like, actors and actresses don't, don't just do that. Even diva directors also do that. Yeah, I know. So he arrived late, and then so we're done eating, and then he told us, "I, what's up? I'm eating now. What am I going to eat?" Said the director, "I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat. But I don't want to eat leftover food. Can we ask?" For- <laughs> And then he told us, Mom, that, I think that was just being performed. He was just being performed. I know because it's a disability. Yeah. As somebody who directed Bilangin na Bituin ang Langit, I think she was, she was summoning her inner Magnolia. Yes. And then he summoned one of the waiters. So he summoned one Uh-oh. of the waiters. Like he told one of the waiters, Kuya, can you reheat this? And this? And that? <laughs> So I was like, oh my God, he's a performer. No, and from then on, yeah, I'm an instant fan. Mm. No, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Elwood Terrace. I'm a fan of Elwood Terrace. Yeah. Mom, I also have a tidbit on Elwood Perez. Sure. Okay. Uh, when I was in high school, in a Catholic school here, okay, there was a friendly Tagalog security guard who wiggled us with stories about actors when he was also when he was a security guard of one of the studios i think he, he once he became a security guard of one of the legal offices and he was like this yang si elwood perez akala mo kung sinong macho bakla pala <laughs> well that's true and that is true right and that is true okay let's think that was his question that, that was his effect right when he was still younger yeah. like the He he thought uh, he projected himself as a virile yes. heart, uh, yeah, and he performs yeah. when he speaks. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he performs. Wait, I have a question. Uh, I just love the I love I just love the personalities of the 80s directors. Of course, I love them. I lo- I love uh, Rekil, 
I love um, Imel Chonglo, and I love uh, Lino Broca. Ismail. There's something about them. They almost verge on caricatures, but because, you know, their personality is so complicated, you cannot possibly reduce them into being caricatures. I know, right? right? All right. So yeah. let me ask you this question. What is your favorite Elwood Barrett's film? Uh, because it's the only thing that's in my mind right now. Probably. Hey, it might change if I will Google his filmography. But what's in my mind right now is just Bilangin ng Bituin sa Langit. Well, it's a good film. It's also my favorite. It's high camp, actually. Right? It's a parody. It's a parody of cinema, serious cinema, presented as your melodrama. Yes. There was this scene in which Nora was in the car and she was counting the stars and she said, 2001. That was actually a reference, a clue, a a reference to Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Odyssey. Yeah. (laughs) Even if Stanley Kubrick's Aesthetics is not really related to belonging <laughs> in between. Okay. Because Elwood Perez just wanted to show off his film sense or yes. his film mem- memory. Okay. Now, let's go back to Itumama Tambien. Did you like the film? Mom, I was so moved by it. Of course. Because yeah. I-, I was dumbfounded. It felt like a shapeless movie. It's like one of those things that they they describe as there's method in the madness, but the first time that you're watching it, you cannot quite catch the method. Right? Yes. Yes. And you know what, ma'am? I rewatched it again a few days ago. And then after rewatching it, I realized if this will be remade, I want my partner Kidai. To play the <laughs> of Jego Luna. <laughs> Mom. Considering the demands that you make of me, I will now assume that I have a multiple personality disorder. I'm Paris Hilton. I'm Jego Luna. Who else am I? No, ma'am. It's just that you are the universal being. <laughs> Okay. Or that's your sly way of saying that I need an acting workshop. <laughs> but ma'am, just choose one. Diego Luna or Gabriel Garcia Marquez in Itumama Tambien? I will choose one. Yes. And we have to move on to our shared topic. <laughs> of course. Okay. Since it's our shared topic, Let's do the drum roll all together. <laughs> okay. I didn't hear your drum roll, girl. Yeah, I didn't hear mine. Louder. <laughs> Louder for more sponsors. <laughs> okay. I'm going to prepare sound effects. Our shared topic is something I hope that our listeners also share. And it's K-drama. Okay, let me do my induction. I'll start. Ever since Yonjuri touched North Korean soil for a week event, 
and met a dashing North Korean captain there. Yes. Okay. We have been smitten by K-dramas. Resistance is futile. I'm doing a sexy move right now. I know, I know. Anyway, it's like we were like the North Korean soldiers of crash landing on you, salivating at the sights and sounds of metropolitan Seoul. Oh, right, right. Okay. So, for our shared episode, we will talk about K dramas. What makes them binge worthy? Why do we talk? about them a lot in social media. Why do a lot of Pinoys prefer them over our own teleseries? Should we model our TV series after them? And the biggest question of them all, John Bits, my co-host is, of course, where is my Opa? Where is my Yuan Bin? Where is my Gong Yu? Papa Park Bugum, can you hear me? Okay, now, it's your time to talk. <laughs> okay, you may answer one of the questions that I pose. What can I say? <laughs> no, but I just want to say that Sonia Jean, no, the actress who played Yun Seri in Crash Landing on You, looks like me. I am. Yes, I agree. But the impoverished version, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. But you know what? Okay, ma'am. Let us be, ser- Let us be serious, ma'am. To sure. be frank, okay, I cannot cite one Pinoy teleserio or Tanorova that I can find memorable. Okay. I have finished the first book of Pangako Sayo, and that's it. I remember watching the last five episodes of this teleserie that uh, has that had Bea Alonso, John Lloyd Cruz, and uh, Lorna Tolentino with the red with the red oh, outfit. Oh, kang hinintay. Yeah. So, uh, well, ma'am. so this is this is my question, ma'am. Sure. Am I am am I being unfair to Filipino teleseries to say that I don't find them memorable the way that I find certain titles, a certain K drama titles, always staying in my mind and thinking about them, and I won't ever forget about them. Well, to, to be fair, ma'am, we have memorable Elisabeth, yes. Like, I, I really think that Mara Clara is a classic, a classic series. Same with Esperanza. I mean, all of these are Judy, Judy Ann Santis. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Mula Sapusa is also interesting. I, I really believe that we have great writers, no? great TV writers. So I admire some of them. No? And I have friends no? who still write for television. Uh, but my problem mm-hmm. is, it's still a product of the mainstream capitalist media. Now, although Korean series are products of mainstream... Ma'am, excuse me for interrupting you. Sure, sure. But I think you will illuminate us more if I will add this question. 
what seems to be handicapping the creators of our teleseries? The greedy producers. Oh. Right? The greedy producers. That's why some of our... In one sense, Mark, in one sense, are they greedy? Because gusto nilang pahabain ng mga series. For example, Provinciano. Right? You could mm-hmm. actually tell the story of Ang Provinciano in just six months or less. Okay. Or less. Diba? But Ang Provinciano, it has, I mean, it's been on TV for, God, my God, how long? Three years? Four years? I'm not sure now. Right? Okay. Because they want okay. money. Because they know that it's still marketable or that people still watch it, that people still admire Coco Martin. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Even if, even if your writers are geniuses, yes. you cannot possibly create or produce yes. good work under these conditions. Yes, of course. So, ma'am. Because, wait. Um, yeah. Uh, in well, relation to the Korean series, they only have, I mean, most of the Korean series that we know of, they only have 16 episodes or 20 episodes, right? Uh-huh. Diba? So I, I, I have this gut feeling that before they shoot or before they do the production... There's a completed script. Yes. Yes. You got it right. You got it. Ma'am, you that's why it. I proposed this thing and it will be good for everybody. Even the studios, the, uh, the capitalist, the profit-earning producers sure. will also benefit from it. I remember asking this. Should we model our TV series after them? Not everything. Because Pinoy's, Pinoy culture is distinct from them. But there's one thing that we should follow. And that is, a teleserie, okay, a telenovela, must have a definite ending before production meaning there should be a complete script what say you well i really think that we sh- we, we need a completed script no before the production yep. however we mm. also need to take into consideration what the audience want i'm using the pluralized okay. audience here so mm-hmm. i think uh, the completed script is necessary However, the writers or the creators of the series should also be amenable to negotiation. To negotiate with okay. them. Also has, also has the flexibility yeah. of changing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They should also negotiate with the audience. That's what I think. That's what I think. But ma'am, I think every art, even commercial art, is a commercial gamble. Yeah. You will never know whether this thing will rate Or not? Yes. And that's right. Learning from two specific, uh, I can only remember one, one specific K drama, which had poor ratings in its first three episodes. Which is which? K- But when it aired, the the title of this K drama is Sky Castle. Okay. About the competitive uh, educational system in Korea. Korea. But. During the fourth episode, it gained an audience. And oh, wow. in its last episode, it became one of the most watched K-drama ever. Oh, so wow. going back to you, okay, I'm sure. 
I'm open about the idea that writers should be flexible. Writers should listen to uh, the viewers. But this other thing about a script being completed okay, and the idea that everything is uncertain where commercial art is concerned can also be good for a completed series as well. Kinda. Because it might just pick up an audience later on if it's really good or if it's yeah. something new to say, style-wise or narrative-wise. Yeah. Mm-mm. Which actually triggered me ponder about the ending of Reply 1988. Because until now, okay, here goes. Here goes. Here goes, <laughs> here goes your lamentation. I know. <laughs> okay, ma'am, go. <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of my friends know about my lament. Yes. No, because uh, I am Jong uh, uh, No, I, re- I hate. Uh, I mean, I hated. What's his name again? Your crush? Park Bogu. <laughs> Mark Bogum with a passion. I hated him with a passion because I really think that Jokson should should end with Jongwan. So I hated the ending. However, I read some spoiler. I mean, not actually a spoiler, but it's like um, an alternative ending, an alternate ending online. And I, I really think that it would be a good ending if that's what happened in Reply 1988. That Jongwan died. Of the yeah. yeah, but ma'am, whatever sure. your uh, whatever your complaints about it, I'm looking for a Pinoy equivalent to reply 1988. I mean, I want a slice of life. Yes, teleserie like that. Right? No, hi- no high strung. Uh, melodramatics, yeah. no uh, suffering, bawling, heroines, and no over eyelinered villains yes. scowling. Yes, me too. I, I, I actually pray that, yeah, perhaps some days. Listen, producers, make that. I want, I want, hire, hire us. I want it to be set in Digos in the 1980s. And I want you to play one of the mothers in Reply 1988. And One of the mothers should come from Laguna, <laughs> and <laughs> she should be the exemplar of capitalist greed. Okay, I look forward to that. Pinoy talasarye. I want I want Kidai to play the role of Jukson. No, but anyway, 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 yeah. We we yeah, we're, we're both fascinated now in Kore- in Korean series, like Korean drama, and uh, yeah, it's actually an affirmation that the Korean new wave movement is really happening right now. The really happening uh-huh. not only in Korea, not only in Asia, but all over the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's also uh, an effective tool for cultural tourism. Yes, yes, cultural tourism, definitely, definitely. Okay. Because because of K dramas, yeah. It's all it is all because of K dramas that I realized that fried chicken and beer go together. Yeah. So promise me that after the pandemic, we will go to Korea with Jane. Right? Okay. Let's save up. 
Yes. That yes. also means that we have to shout out for more sponsors so that we have money to go to Korea. Yes. We should go there. We should go there. No, we should go hey. to Patokot, Kidai, <laughs> unless we die. <laughs> <laughs> so, ma'am, because before we did evolve into utter nonsense and... <laughs> Not attract any sponsors. I think we have to say bye to our listeners. Yes, right I know. Now. I know. Uh, Everyone, thank you. That's a very, very good night. No, what else can I say? See you all again uh, next week. Sure, I share the sentence, share sentiments with you. Sure. I hope we're going to be all together in our third episode. And let me repeat what I just mentioned before. Papa Park Bugum, can you hear me? Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. See you all. See you all again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>